Welcome to the Making Headway Podcast, a podcast for brain injury survivors by brain injury survivors, providing resources and camaraderie for anyone recovering from any type of brain injury, with your hosts, Aaron Martin and Mariah Morgan. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Making Headway Podcast. This is Aaron. And I'm Mariah. And we just wanted to take a moment to thank all of you listeners out there for the amazing response to the launch of the podcast this year. We're several episodes in now and are so grateful for those of you out there listening, those of you who have reached out with all the kind words, those of you who are following us on social media. It's really been a wonderful start to the podcast and we're so happy to have started this and so happy to have met a lot of you, even if it is just online, but it's been a remarkable experience. So thank you all. And we realized that we've spent a lot of time talking to other people and not as much time giving you a little peek into our personalities and how we are as friends. And we wanted to sort of give this year a little bit of a 2020 recap and on our, our last episode of the year and talk to you about things we've learned things we've read, what we've watched. Some is brain injury related. Some is totally not. So forgive us, but that's life where people, we don't just always talk about brain injuries as much as we do. Right. (laughs) Well, and I actually think that's really important because sometimes if you live in that trauma, you know, I've found myself doing this. The more I reflect back on that, it puts you into Mm -hmm. that position and it makes you, you know, maybe you're not really in that position, but you spend so much time thinking about it that No, uh, I think that's a really, really good point. And I like to say, like, this is something that has significantly changed my life, but it does not own my life. Exactly. Um, I am. I'm still the master of my own destiny. Exactly. And I know, like, just to jump right in, like to talk about where we're at with brain injury right now, that's been a big point for me is trying to move on beyond that trauma. And mm-hmm. when I constantly remind myself of it and that, oh, you had a brain injury, oh, depression will be coming from it, you know, you can you can set a bad tone by doing that. So I'm trying to be cognizant of what my injury was, but also cognizant of the fact that I survived it. And like you said, we're the masters of our ships. We can choose to float down a different path. Mm-hmm. We don't have to no, be it's... in a trauma trench. It's true. And I I think the mental health piece, like that certainly does complicate things when you're trying to say, yes, I'm the master of my own destiny, or yes, I'm proud of myself for having survived this because things like depression. And I remember feeling this way after my accident, even up to a year after was like, I didn't really feel like I was in charge. I still felt pretty rocked by the whole thing. And like, I was sort of at the whim of the universe or whatever you want to call it. But, Mm -hmm. but I do, I mean, like I'm two years in now and like my two year anniversary was in November and I, um, yeah. (laughs) And I, I try every year to mark the anniversary with a day that is just for me. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, I'm a business owner and a mother of two. So there's really rarely a, a moment in my life where nobody needs something from me. So to take just a day for myself is a rare thing. So I hiked a mountain and just spent some time on my own that day. And it really was the first time where I was confidently able to think to myself, like, I'm really proud of myself. You know, I, I, my body has been through a lot. I got hit by a car. I've, you know, all of the repercussions. I've now had another baby. You know, I, can run, I can think, I can climb a mountain by myself in November in the pouring rain. You know, like it's a lot. And you do have to celebrate even the small moments, but it's easy to say that and yeah. another thing to feel that way. And this has been 2020 for some reason, the year when I've really felt it more than I've been able to just say it. That's awesome that you get to that yeah. point. Cause I'm that's, I'm still struggling to feel everything that I want. You know, I I say that I've moved on and I'm so happy for the fact that I am alive and I am. And -hmm. you initially have that, I think when the injury first happens, but we had said a few episodes ago, it's almost like a, like a letdown. Maybe that's the wrong word, Mm -hmm. but all the focus is shifting off of that. And you're kind of left wondering, what now? Like, yeah. how do I move on now? Like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that's where I'm at. Yeah. It's, um, this is maybe going to sound like a weird analogy, but so 
I'm a mother. When you're pregnant with a baby, there's a lot of attention on you because you have a very visible sign that you are bringing a baby into the world. And then you go to the hospital or wherever and give birth to your baby. And it's almost like the second your baby is in the world, and it shouldn't be this way, but don't get me on a motherhood rant. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like the second the baby leaves the womb and enters the room, the focus is on the baby and not on you anymore. Give me a second. I'll connect to brain injury, I promise. <laughs> but it's like the second you deal with the physical stuff and people feel confident that, you know, you're quote unquote normal, the focus is not on you anymore. And you're left feeling lonely and still vulnerable and still figuring stuff out. And the mental health thing is, is like we people call brain injury the invisible scar, but I feel like the mental health piece is especially invisible. And so it's just like suddenly the focus shifts and you're expected to move on, even though you're still dealing with the repercussions. Right. So, and yeah. I think, you know, this isn't something that's just unique to brain injury. I was talking to my stepfather-in-law, if that's what we call him, um, <laughs> and he'd, had, he'd battled cancer. Mm-hmm. And he has lasting side effects from that cancer treatment. And to him, he's still very much traumatized by all those because it affects his daily life. But everyone else is kind of like, well, it's time to have moved on from this. You know, this happened to you. So, yeah. And you yeah, feel there's like, this expectation. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's still there. So how do you handle it and deal with it without being a Debbie Downer to everyone else? It's yeah. just an interesting, you know, kind of conundrum to be in that I've never yeah. dealt with before. And I also think like, I mean, I say that like, you know, this year was the first time I've really felt like I was in charge, but there are still things that sneak up on, on me, you know, like a great example on the way here, I stopped to get a coffee and there was a really, really bad accident, car accident on my mm-hmm. way to the coffee shop. And, you know, I was driving by in the opposite lane, but the cars were really smashed up. And despite the fact that I was not in a car when I had my brain injury, I like started to like my heart started beating really fast. And I like had my hand over my mouth as I was driving by because I realized I was like, this might be a very minor PTSD thing. I definitely had some PTSD stuff after my accident, but like I really felt kind of trauma re traumatized Mm -hmm. in a way just seeing, you know, like there, it's not like I saw people, but it was just, it was an awful sight to see. And I, I feel like it, you know, it's like a little bit of a haunting of, you know, it brings it back. My present. Yeah, it, it certainly does. Yeah. I, I've, like, you, uh, yeah. <laughs> just, I so. had, um, last night when we were driving home, I had a cough. And when I initially had my brain injury, any change in pressure inside of my building or my body would really hurt my head. And mm. I had just a little snippet of that pain with coughing. And it was just enough to be like, oh, yeah, it's still like, it's still a yeah. thing. And there's Mm -hmm. just that little bit of trauma. Like when I tried to start running and my whole spine like seized up and hurt, there's just that little bit of trauma. Like, oh, you're going to do that again or something's going to happen. And building back from that is a process, but we can Mm -hmm. and we will. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, Aaron and I do not want to make this, you know, recap about 2020 because I think we are all a little burned out on. 2020 in general it's been a really hard year for everybody it has added a layer of anxiety to all of our lives it is the worst it really is the worst i mean it's been such a tough year so i think like that certainly contributes to our ability to manage our own healing journey is you know like what is the baseline anxiety level and and how does that limit you you know so it certainly contributes it does and just the cognitive yeah. fatigue factor. I think everyone's probably pretty burnt out from 2020. Mm-hmm. And that constant stress of you can't even go to the grocery store normally anymore. Like everything's different. And then mm-hmm. for brain injury people, we're adding on the fact that we already are cognitively fatigued and it just compounds on itself. So I just wrote a uh, blog post today, actually, for my friend's know your own brain or know your brain foundation. And I was talking about the fact that you need to rest. Like rest is so important because otherwise we're just cranky little toddlers. 
-hmm. when you get to that point of being overtired and you just, you know, you're crying and you're having a miserable day, you just need Mm -hmm. to rest and it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It does kind of knock you down to like your basic human level, you know, and Mm -hmm. we're all just humans, but so, I mean, 2020 has been tough, especially for you, Erin. I mean, this being the year of your accident, I'm sure that there are like a zillion lessons that you've learned, or maybe you're still processing and, you know, like another year will give you perspective. But what would you say, do you have like a biggest lesson learned this year? I think it's really not to take anything for granted. My family's had a rough year like everybody else has. I mean, we started 2020 by thinking my sister was dying of a rare form of cancer, which fortunately oh my gosh, turned doesn't out. that feel like 10 years ago, yes. the beginning of 2020? That oh was my the gosh, beginning I... of 2020. Oh, ah, that's crazy. Right? <laughs> so I mean, we oh. started it out with a bang thinking she's dying. Fortunately, yeah. it was a misdiagnosis. My dad had a scare and was in the emergency room, ended up being okay, but just another knock and then mine. So I think it really is just not taking others for granted and being able to Mm. put away the history because I know like for me with my brain injury so much of my walls came down I had no energy to keep up walls against things that I thought I had forgiven and I thought was in the past and it just brought it all back and the fact that it was there and that it was something I was dealing with I think brought it up for others as well and I I Uh, It's history. It's water under the bridge. Mm -hmm. There's no judgment. It's all just things that came up. It's been put back in its places. Things have been dealt with. I've been learning a lot. I've gone through therapy, but you can't hold that past. Nobody's perfect. You can't hold that magnifying glass to the past for too long because, you know, once you've dealt with it, you need to move on. It does you no good to live in that. A very good thing to remember. And it can only really bring up negativity in most cases if you dwell but that doesn't mean you don't need to deal with it you need to deal with it but you also need to move on with your life right that's exactly it kind of you get the lesson that you need and then let's move on Um, yeah let's love and just accept our family for who they are in my case Mm -hmm. (laughs) what have you learned mariah (laughs) oh gosh uh you know like 2020 was just a weird year for me. I'm not saying it wasn't weird for everybody. It's been weird. I had a baby during quarantine. Also, I'm a business owner. So, uh, you know, what I thought was going to be maternity leave turned into not maternity leave because like most small business owners, I was sucked into making sure my business was going to survive. So I had like, I I felt like my maternity leave was kind of stolen from me a little bit, but also the silver lining in it was I was at home with my children anyway. It just was a lot more complicated than I expected it to be. And I think my lesson is kind of similar to you, but you know, like the birth of my daughter, I think is part of why I feel like I'm much more confident and happy with where I am physically in my life because I, you know, like I survived getting hit by a car and I've now had two children, but this baby's coming into being was really like a joyful thing because we celebrated the first year anniversary of my accident by telling our best friends and family that we were pregnant and um awesome so it really a great way to i know it's like we closed out the year of like really tough dealing with potential death stuff with bringing life into the world and i i don't know i just like put a much more joyous spin on my approach to life than i had had you know, in the first year after my accident. Sorry, I feel like I'm rambling. But the point is, like giving birth to my daughter, and feeling that like love for a child again. I love my son. He's an awesome kid. But like adding to that, our family is complete, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it just has brought a lot of love into my world. And I think that at the end of this year, I've done a much better job of being in the moment with my family than ever before because I am I have always struggled with being like a type A overachiever and not sitting with the good or the bad but moving on to like okay what's next what's next what's next what am I doing next what yeah. what's the next goal what am I what am I going to accomplish next but instead just being where I am which is really what my children need from me as a mother and 
there's something really special about that. So yeah, I mean, 2020s had us all slow down. Yeah. Whether it's brain yeah. injury or not, we mm-hmm. can't maintain the same pace because there's no activity to go to. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. you're just yep. home. So yeah. And I think that like it. a lot of brain injury survivors have to learn how to be okay with not being okay. We've certainly talked about it on past episodes, but yep. in a way I felt almost more equipped to deal with 2020 because I've been okay with not being okay for a long time. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I just like I'm used to things not being perfect or, you know, like having to go with the flow a little bit or, you know, and it that's certainly not the way I was pre-accident. So I feel like even though in 2020 there's been a lot of feeling like you're in limbo, I've come to terms with the fact that that's just the way life is and, you know, like we're in limbo. Right. And that's, you know, another lesson from brain injury that I think we kind of touched on was not taking for granted what you have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 2020 is teaching us to be comfortable with being uncomfortable because really Mm -hmm. we never had surety. We thought we had surety, but you never do. You really Mm -hmm. never do. So now we are all kind of forced to look at the fact that this your our time on the planet is not guaranteed. So let's make the best of it that we can. And I'm so glad mm-hmm. we've done this podcast. I've learned, you know, being a part of this community is unfortunate, but there's some wonderful people and we really are blessed. Yeah, it's truly amazing. One thing I've realized is having a brain injury does not come out come without an amazing story. Like yeah. you can't get a brain injury if something truly epic or insane has happened to you. So I, I, you know, anybody who's a survivor has kind of like this automatic Girl Scout badge of like, you are amazing. Or Boy (laughs) Scout or non-binary Scout. scout Or or non-binary. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All the different Scouts. (laughs) Yep. So I'm very, very grateful for the community. Thank you all listeners. I mean, the people that have reached out, the messages that we get when someone writes us and says that this podcast or hearing, you know, other people's stories or that practitioner talk about this just struck them and has changed their perspective or changed their life or made them feel more closure with whatever was going on. That, oh, it's like, that's that why. makes it so worth it. That's Honestly, it, it is a lot of work to do a podcast as we've learned. Yeah. Um, and I think we're a good team. But but yes, to our listeners out there, please know that like you should see our text messages back and forth <laughs> because because we, we we screenshot the positive messages and share them with each other. Yeah. And it's just like there have been times where your comments have brought us to tears of joy, I think, because mm-hmm. it makes us feel so glad that we're able to do something for this community. So keep it keep it coming and thank you for sharing your stories with such vulnerability with us too because it makes it helps us (laughs) yeah it really does you know hearing there was one subarachnoid hemorrhage survivor that reached out and just hearing her story and how much she's overcome i was in such a dark place at that time that i cried i mean just to hear like okay there's a light like this is okay you will Mm -hmm. get through it means yeah, so I think much. it might it might be easy for people to hear us on the podcast and like we sound put together, but we're not perfect. We're dealing with our own recovery journeys mm-hmm. too. So, you know, like as much as we really want to help other people share their stories and help, you know, like sh- hope that our stories help others, the sharing of stories is also really helpful to us. Mm-hmm. So, thank you guys. So, I'm curious, Aaron, since we're on the brain injury recovery topic, have you found any resources that have been especially helpful to you as you've dealt with the last couple of months of recovery? I have. One thing that was uh, recommended to me actually by my therapist when I first had my brain injury, but I couldn't really appreciate till later, was a book called My Stroke of Insight by Jill hmm. Bolt Taylor. She's a brain scientist that had a subarachnoid hemorrhage much more severe than mine. And she really, she goes into talking about like the differences between how your left side of the brain processes versus your right. And her Mm. brain bleed was all on her left side. So her right, that kind of creative connection, spirit, you know, spiritually connected side of the brain took over and her whole perspective on life changed because of that. And it was so 
it was just really inspiring and super educational as to how your brain compensates and the amazing outlook that she actually got through something so horrible. Um, hmm. For me, that was a really great resource and I've actually recommended it to some others and I wasn't alone. They thought it was good too. <laughs> so <laughs> I have not uh, read that. So I will have good. to put that on my list. For sure. I would recommend yeah. the audio book because she actually reads it and hearing it in her own voice, I think really adds something because I struggle with reading nonfiction. I don't stick with it very well, but hearing in the someone, same way, I, yeah. I have a tough time sometimes with, yeah. 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 Um, have you have found any good resources? Um, yeah, I, I think book wise, the book that I read and I, I I'm with you, I, I don't read that much nonfiction, but the book that I found most helpful for brain injury stuff this year is called Brain Food, The Surprising Science of Eating for Cognitive Power. And it's all about, you know, how food affects the brain. And it was helpful for me on a couple levels. One, because I, as if you're a listener of the podcast, you've heard me gripe about the fact that a lot of the time the connection between nutrition and the brain is neglected, but also talks about certain genes, Alzheimer's specifically, and how like outside factors have an effect on whether things like Alzheimer's pop up and mm. that nutrition is certainly one of those. Just because you have the gene does not mean you get Alzheimer's and we have that right. in my family. So it's just a really nice look at food and what it can do for the brain. So that... And then non-book related, and actually this was an in inspired by one of our interviews. We talked to Emily Overbaugh in episode number three about occupational therapy. And I was realizing that was something that didn't get a whole lot of attention in my recovery journey. And I was thinking about the way I tackle my work days, which are especially hard because I'm working from home mm -hmm. and I'm constantly distracted by dishwashers needing to be emptied and laundry needing to be done and my dog needs to be let out. And so even if I'm at my house by myself, which isn't very often, I still have so many distractions. So I decided I wanted to be a little more mindful about the way I start my day. And actually, <laughs> Paige Martin um, <laughs> of, our, of our mouse model interview, I follow her on Instagram, and she had posted something about a daily planner called the passion planner. And I just liked the layout of it. So I ordered some and I've only been doing it for a few weeks, but every day that I have work, I start my day by like making my daily to-do list personal and work and setting my goal for the day and making sure that there's something that I am checking off my list that is just for me. And that has been a huge help to me. And it seems like such a basic thing, that. but I miss that post. But honestly, that. just having that as like my first work task of the day um, has been really helping with keeping me organized and on track because I do, I never thought I had any kind of ADD, but, and maybe I still don't, but I, my attention, it might just be a function of the way, <laughs> of the way we work now. I mean, right. like phone with our phones and with the internet, but I just am easily distracted and pulled in multiple directions. And so this helps me just stay organized and focused and, and also helps me feel like less adrift in my day because I can be a little reactionary, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I get an email and I'm like, okay, I have to answer this email right now, but it pulls me off of my organization. So yeah, yeah. that's, I, that's something that I've been working on too. And um, I think it was, Emily was a speech therapist that we talked oh, to. You're right. But we did talk yeah. a little bit about the occupation. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. She helps with mm -hmm. planning that work. And that's something that was huge in my therapy too. And something that as I move further away, some of my old little habits are coming back in of just flying mm -hmm. off the handle to have to respond to this or I have to respond to that or do mm -hmm. it this way rather than being thoughtful and deliberate. And I think maintaining that focus on being deliberate into what you're putting your time into, how much time will really help keep your attention. Because I, I struggle with that too, the attention just being pulled all over the place. Yeah. And yeah. even going into stores, I go with someone. I really don't like shopping by myself because I can't, I can't make a decision. I'm super overwhelmed and it takes me forever. So mm -hmm. just having that person that understands what's going on to go in with you and help keep you on track has, mm -hmm. at least for me, been a really good resource. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
I have found there's a couple good brain injury support groups. The in Massachusetts, they have every Monday they have a presentation based it's more of like a creative type presentation. And I heard one lady speak on there, Joanne Susie. She is a stroke survivor that's now focusing on coaching. And her, she has a book out to so look up Joanne Susie and you'll find that. She's very spiritual and connected with the fact of being mindful and being you know, giving yourself permission to take a rest and to be graceful and to mm. really listen to that intuition, that centering, and that you can trust that voice. That's been a huge lesson this year and a really good resource too. So look up Joanne Susie. She's cool. pretty amazing. Wow. Yeah. What about off-topic books? Anything that you've read this year that just really gave you joy or you learned something from or... Yeah. Curious. Um, let's see. What have I done? Uh, one really funny book, The Last Black Unicorn by Tiffany Haddish. Is... Oh, I saw that, but I, I haven't read it. It's hilarious. That was another one that I no did. Because she's hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Audiobook, because she reads yeah. it and her voice, I really don't think like reading yeah. it, it would make as much sense, but it I was I think that's true hilarious. for a lot of comedians who uh-huh. write, like you need to listen to the audiobook because they give it their own hilarious spin. Exactly. Like I felt that way about Tina Fey's book and about Amy Poehler's too. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. She kept me laughing <laughs> like through that. At that point, it was during the summer when my brain injury was still pretty new and I really couldn't mm-hmm. read at that point. My eyes didn't work well enough for it. Yeah. Uh, so just listening to her, she kept me laughing right through my recovery. So that was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you? You have a good one? Um, I made the mistake this year of setting a goal for the number of books I would read. Uh, so like I'm on <laughs> the site. Good, I know. Good reads. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on Goodreads, um, <laughs> which for our listeners, if you haven't heard of it, it's like kind of a social media site for readers and you check off the books that you've read and you can rate them and all that. And your friends can see what you've read. And every year they allow you to set a goal for your reading challenge. And this year I, I, I read a lot anyway. I've always been a bookworm, but this year I was like 60 books. I can do 60 books, but I didn't really do the math. And that's a lot of books. <laughs> that's a lot of books. I, I have one left to make it to what? 60. And Good job. yeah, and and to our listeners, I know. To our listeners, we're recording a couple weeks before this airs. So if if I haven't done it, then something went seriously wrong and I got really busy, but I'm going to do it. But that's my personality is I'm going to do it. Yeah. And (laughs) just an aside here, like Troy and Mariah (laughs) kind of have this thing going on Goodreads. It's almost like competitive (laughs) reading. Which for me, I totally don't connect to. I'm not like that at all. But but that's why trying our friends is Mm -hmm. because that's kind of our personality. Is Uh like we're competitive, but like it's a friendly competition, and at least we have each other to compete with. Because I feel like we understand each other that way. Yeah, (laughs) I am not that friend to Mariah. (laughs) I can't. If I just if I was just like Aaron, I'm going to read more books than you this year. I think like it wouldn't go off the same way as I'd be like, okay, you probably will. Yeah, (laughs) and Troy would be like heck no so anyway (laughs) i i will have read 60 books there have been a lot of really good ones i would say the oh my gosh so many good ones i loved the book the henna artist again this is so not brain injury related but it's a really good book i think it might be on like the oprah's book club list i don't know i don't follow those normally but it's really good it's about a henna artist in india it's a long one but it's definitely worth the read and other nonfiction ones, I read Such a Fun Age, which I thought was I excellent. read that one, too. That was oh, good. Oh, I know. Yes. I really liked I liked that, that I, one. I feel like it, it was, like, contemporary in a way that you could easily think, like, reading the description that maybe it would be, like, a little fluffy, but it definitely was not. Yeah, it was more of a heavy hitter, especially with everything yeah. that's gone on this year. Yes, and speaking of which, I would Black say Lives my nonfiction Matter. favorite on the Black Lives Matter subject what is called Stamped. It's racism anti-racism and you and there's a longer version of the book i didn't realize that but this is a shorter version but it's kind of about like the history of racism in the united states and like what you know has been what stories haven't been told what might show up in a history book but is glazed over a little bit it was really educational and also like there it was 
so well written and yeah. had such funny moments in it that where I was like literally laughing out loud. And it takes a lot for me to laugh at a book, but especially one so serious. But right, <laughs> it's such a really serious. Good. Topic. Highly, highly recommend that one. Um, and I could probably go on and on, but I think those were my like my favorite favorites this year. Oh, and I read yeah. American Gods, which. Um, have you read that one? No, I haven't. It's a Neil Neil Gaiman, I think is, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name properly, but there's a, I think a Stars TV series on it and it's been around for a long time, but really good book. Okay. I'll have to do that one too. Based on ancient mythology from many, many different cultures and it just, I, I need to read it like five more times, I think, to like fully process everything in it, but such a good book. Anyway, those are my books. Yeah. Another one that I really liked, which I I don't think you liked it as much, but I loved Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That for me, like at the place that I was at in my life when I read it, I really needed that empowerment. Like I was at a rebuilding stage. It was I think I read it in maybe August and my brain injury was in May. So I was getting ready to get back to work. And how Mm -hmm. do you rebuild after something kind of? crazy yeah. rocks your life um yeah. it has nothing really to do with brain injury at all it was just very, but it is pretty inspirational yeah, yeah. very mean, intuition like really mm-hmm. listening to that inner you know she she is listening to god but she claims you know that she doesn't know everything it could be something else and it helped me like really kind of zero in and center in on god in the 21st century and mm-hmm how it's still so very much applicable to have that spiritual connection and again i am not preaching i you can believe in whatever you want to believe and i love you just as much because <laughs> it's a journey figuring out what mm-hmm. you believe and where you are but mm-hmm. it it really helped kind of solidify back that spiritual thing in my life yeah um, i can see that easily i think my issue with that book which i enjoyed for the most part but there are some moments in that book where, and this is going to make me sound like a negative Nancy, but if I guess if we're yeah. revealing our personalities, listeners, you're getting it all. <laughs> My thing about that book is, like I said, I think I agree with like 95% of it. And I don't love like woo-woo, you know, like books where it's all about like positivity and stuff, because I think you still have to be realistic. Yep. And I think the issues that I had where there are some moments in the book where it's implied that you have full control over your life and yes. like you it's I, and I, that's, I think my problem with like the self-help mentality is yes. like that you can manifest everything that you want to. And I agree with some of it. I do think positivity can bring more positivity, but I think being a business owner and having been hit by a car, I have a more realistic approach to like that self-help mentality. Uh-huh. And I think it's important that people not forget, like there is stuff in life you can't control. You might get hit by a car that comes around the corner. Like I did you, like, and right. never see it coming. So I, I, th- I think my issue is implying or trying to teach people that they have, like, if they just have the right mindset that everything will go their way. Absolutely. That's not true. But if you have the right mindset, maybe you heal, you know, more quickly, or maybe you learn from it in a better way, or maybe you take your lessons and it, you make a better life for yourself. But, but I think it's like, yeah, maintaining a realistic attitude about that stuff while still being positive. For well, me. and so this brings us to another topic of podcasts. You had mentioned mm-hmm. Everything Happens by Kate Bowler oh, as yes. a podcast. <laughs> what a that podcast like i still i listen to it every week oh my gosh you didn't tell me you've listened to it i listen i still listen to it every week okay listeners if you have not listened to this it is kate bowler is a professor of divinity at duke divinity school the podcast has some religious you know foundation there are some episodes that don't talk about religion at all there are some that do if religion's not for you you can totally skip them I've listened to almost all of them at this point, just because even the ones about religion, even if it's not your religion, Mm -hmm. it's, there's still a lot of really meaningful lessons in there, but it is, I started listening to it very soon after my injury, when I was dealing with mental health stuff and the whole like idea of being okay with not being okay and society expecting you to move on or be positive all the time or whatever, but it is a great podcast and i mean the whole premise of it i mean even on the cover it says everything happens and then for a reason is scribbled out scribbled because out, yeah. she's <laughs> she was what 35 diagnosed mm-hmm. with stage four cancer 
And mm-hmm. she's like, what reason could there be for me to miss my child's life? Like, she's mm-hmm. not going to live forever, which none of yeah. us are. Which but... struck a chord with me because that's exactly how I was feeling after yeah. my accident was like, what reason would I be hit by a car? Like, a... Right. <laughs> it so, just gives yeah. these like heartwarming stories of people dealing with real stuff and how they got through it and really giving you that permission that it's, we'd say this all the time, it's okay to not be okay. Like you need to have that space to grieve. You need to have that space to take a moment. It's okay to be sad. Do you Mm -hmm. want to live in that space? Well, that's your decision. But I'm glad you brought up grief because I I think like grief as a part of the healing process kind of gets ignored, but there is a grieving process to healing from, at least for me, a brain injury, like a grieving of your past life, a grief, it just, things change and, and it's okay to mourn that, that in fact, I think saying it's not okay and that you need to be chipper all the time is actually a hindrance to mm-hmm. people trying to heal. But mm-hmm. yeah. So to tie that back in to how we got there from Glennon Doyle, <laughs> I think for me, I need that balance of both because I can very much dwell on kind of that more negative side of things. Like I have no control over what happens to me mm-hmm. in my life where Glennon was kind of like, you know, you can center yourself. You can find that you can find that deep seated, this is what you believe, this is what's right. And mm-hmm. it was just a nice reminder for that. And I agree with yeah. you, like some of the stuff in there, a little foo-foo, like by deep knowing, yeah. I don't know that I'm going to know everything yeah. just by sitting in a closet and deep breathing for 10 mm-hmm. minutes. But yeah. Um, but do I believe in intuition? Yes. Absolutely. Do I believe that positivity yeah. does good? Yes. Like, so I agree yeah, with all the basics just, in there. For yeah. Sure. It's just keeping everything in balance. And I think that's been a big lesson in 2020 because most of our lives were pretty (laughs) out of balance. (laughs) And now we're back to being slow. For sure. And still feel a little wonky. Yeah. 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 So what Um, other podcasts? podcasts? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Your turn. I gave one already. Uh, Okay. You win. I have Um, others, but you go. I, well, I, I'm a big podcast fan in general. I listen to a, a lot of ones that are somewhat embarrassing because of my bad taste in TV. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say I love the fact that there are starting to be more brain injury focused podcasts. I mean, I think like Mm -hmm. it's definitely worth shouting out to the other folks who are hosting podcasts, trying to help this community. I think Faces of TBI is a huge one. I think the Neuro Nerds, I think I'm probably forgetting some. So if so, I apologize. It's just, I'm going to call brain injury on this one. Um, And then there are a couple others. I have a brain injury one, if you want to hear a brain (laughs) injury one. Oh, you do? Yes, please. Yeah, it's a new one that one of our listeners actually just pointed out to me. Kavita Bathy is doing Life with No Filter. And it's a panel of four people with brain injuries talking about Mm -hmm. different symptoms every week. So I just listened to one on fatigue. And yeah, it's really cool. And they're from England, so they have cool accents. (laughs) (laughs) I have not listened to that one yet. It's Um, good. But there's also, I think it's worth sharing this story, a couple of friends who one lives in South Africa and one lives in, I think the Netherlands, no, Denmark. Yeah, Mm. Denmark, I think. Yes, Uh, I think. And they they started a podcast almost at the same time that we were starting this one, um, My Brain Injured Friend. And I think it's awesome. I mean, mostly because I feel like a kinship with them Uh (laughs) from across an ocean, that they're two friends who have each other to lean on who wanted to share that with the community. So that's awesome too. Yeah, I think we're going to be Um, talking to them in the new year. We are. And I'm really excited about that because I feel like they're friends and we're friends and we're probably all just going to be friends. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to think what else. I love like the true crime podcasts. But I think the one that I've been loving the most lately is called Slow Burn. Have you listened to that one? No, I haven't. I need one that's uh, more story based because I've done a lot of like brain stuff. Well, Slow Burn's less true crime. The first season they talked about Watergate. Okay. The second season they talked about the Clinton Monica Lewinsky mm. scandal. And, you know, like I wasn't alive for Watergate, but I, it's, you know, like, I don't think we really touched on it that much in history class. Yeah. But it was fascinating to hear about it from like a reporting standpoint. And then the Clinton Lewinsky thing was especially fascinating because I was alive for it, but I was pretty young. And so I, it was all through a really weird, 
you know, lens. And now as an adult listening to it, it's not really what I thought it was. Uh, anyway, I won't get too far into it, but it's a really well done podcast that I've really enjoyed. So can yeah, I just I do a shout out podcast. to the Michelle Obama podcast? Oh, like, yes. She's uh, awesome. My heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love I her and I love, you know, she goes into topics with her family and you kind of forget that they're real people. But when you listen to Michelle Obama yeah. talk, they are real mm-hmm. people. And listening yeah. to her talk with her mom and her brother about Black Lives Matter and some of the discrimination that they grew up with. And it's done with such grace and finesse. And mm-hmm. it just, oh, it's heartwarming. <laughs> I miss yeah, them. Yeah, <laughs> I think grace grace is a great way of describing that. Yeah. And also, I, w- I would love to shout out to my friend Susan Gorman, who will be hmm. interviewing in 2021. She has a podcast called Everyday Intuition, and she's an intuitive counselor. And her podcast is all about like tapping back into our intuition, which gets neglected a lot in today's society. And especially with like, I mean, you've heard us talk in the podcast about like listening to your intuition, listening to your gut if something doesn't feel right. And Susan is all about that stuff. She's fantastic. And also one of the funniest people I know. So, (laughs) And if we're talking about um, mental health a little bit, like I know we talk about that a lot in the podcast, in our podcast. I struggle a lot and I've been doing the anxiety coaches podcast. It's a good, it's like a 15 minute quick little thing that just helps you if you're having a moment of anxiety to recenter. This is what you can do with it. This is how, you know, gives you a strategy because sometimes when you're anxious in the moment, strategies poop out the window. You yeah. don't, you just don't remember them. So that's a great short little one. She's a Good very soothing know. voice. So yeah, if people want <laughs> something to help with that anxiety helps. it's a good one yeah yeah cool what yeah. about um this probably gets us even further off the brain injury track but yeah. any shows that you've binged during oh. quarantine that are worth sharing or have you um, watched any dead movies to me? dead to me have you watched it on netflix it's with no. christina applegate oh my goodness if you want like a nail biter <laughs> oh i love it it's so good really oh yes. i love a nail biter <laughs> It's really good. It's all a murder and a friendship and it it's really good. Ooh, I'm in. Okay. Mm-hmm. I do love Christine Applegate. Um, did you watch The Queen's Gambit? No. But How my in laws I that? know my in laws have and they keep telling me and I just haven't gotten there. Oh it was really good. I, I really appreciated like the complexity of the characters in it, especially the female characters, and it, it was just really well done. I loved awesome. it. How you about, can easily binge that one for okay. sure. Queen's Gambit. Yeah. I need to do it. Yeah. Have you watched Shrill on Hulu with AD Bryan? No, I haven't even heard of it. Oh, no. so that one, <laughs> it's a little tough. The first I struggled like in the first season, the first few episodes, but it's very much female empowerment. Her whole thing in the show is she's a larger girl that's trying to break out and be seen as someone just as valuable as anybody else. And it's just really heartwarming and a really good, like, yeah, like you feel good for being a woman in business. And it's funny. Oh, so that's that a good one. That doesn't hurt. The other thing I would say, I won't get started on my love for Bravo shows because that's a whole nother <laughs> thing. I might lose respect. Never. But <laughs> the, the only reality show that my husband and I will agree on is MTV's The Challenge. Have you ever oh. watched it? Uh-uh. Okay. (laughs) So it's going to sound kind of silly, but like back in the day of the real world and MTV road rules, Mm -hmm. they started this, it's like a competition show called the challenge and former, you know, members of those casts were put on it. And it's been around for, I think like 36 seasons now or something crazy, but they've started to incorporate reality show people from other, um, series like survivor and, some of the UK ones and it just like the challenges that they do I feel like they've just upped their game the challenges that they do are really cool it's almost it should be its own sport in my opinion because like you can't compare (laughs) you know like these people make it their career in a lot of cases like they train for this and they're really amazing competitors but also the drama of what happens in the house is is fantastic (laughs) and it yeah and the fact that nat will watch it with me it says a lot because he's he looks down on my love for bravo shows but he'll watch the challenge with me and it's a great one i had no idea that was still on 
Because I remember I well, the real world like, and road rules yeah. where they would butt heads mm-hmm. and do their whatever yeah. in the field. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, if you're ever looking for a reality show that's not just like housewives bitching at each other, this is uh, definitely worth watching. <laughs> mm. My only reality show I'd say is Queer Eye on Netflix. Oh, actually, I mean, that's that, on my list too because amazing. you can't watch Queer Eye and not be happy, oh, you know. Right? Like, and actually, it's brought me to tears many times. Many like, times. Did you watch the season they did in Japan? I haven't yet. I'm oh in Philadelphia. Oh gosh, you should watch with them it right now. Okay, you should watch it because they just like they help a whole bunch of people who clearly like have social anxiety and like that it's just they're so sweet and it's impossible not to i just be love happy them i'm them. like you are my best friends and you don't them. even know me i know <laughs> <laughs> i feel like they have a whole bunch of people who feel that way for sure right <laughs> so one um, more show have you think... done the flight attendant on hbo no oh it's with penny from um uh why am i having a blank out sheldon penny what is that show? It's so I popular. Don't know what you're about. You don't. Um, Big Bang. <laughs> it's oh, with, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kelly Kuko from Big Bang is gotcha. a flight attendant and it uh, goes sideways real quick. <laughs> but it's like, we're still in the middle of it. So I don't know how it turns out, but it's really good. Gotcha. I have not heard of that one. I'll have to mm. add it to my list. There was one other HBO one, and now I'm blanking on the name. I feel like I might have texted you about it at one point. It's about a young woman living in New York, and it's kind of like a, a almost like a sex in the city of the next generation. Oh my gosh, it's going to kill me. I will think I of it. it. Love Life. Have you heard of that? No. Um, but I do remember you mentioning it once. I forget all yeah, this stuff. Yeah, hold on. I'm Brain literally injury, typing I just this in, trying to, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So the actress in it is Anna Kendrick. Thank you. Okay, uh, Anna Kendrick. And it's oh yes, I did watch that. And she okay, has I just like the little one bedroom apartment and dating yeah, someone. Yeah. Gets, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it's I did. like a very realistic very look good. at dating. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm not dating now, but it just like it was a really realistic and nice approach to love in this century, basically, in my yeah. opinion. And it had a yeah. really good soundtrack. I like so, that one too. So. 2020 has also pushed us out of the gym into different workout regimens. Have you found anything that works? (laughs) Oh, you're asking the wrong person. I mean, because I'm like postpartum right now. So it's not just like I'm in bad shape. It's like I had a baby. So I'm in bad shape. Oh, come on. Um, And listeners, by the way, (laughs) it's worth telling our listeners, none of this is sponsored. We don't get sponsored. We're just telling you things we like. Yeah. But I joined Obey online i joined because i was looking for yoga for postpartum and postnatal yoga is what it's called and they have some good postnatal yoga and they also have really quick workouts that i really appreciate because i can like put it up on my tv and i can do like a 10 minute arm workout a 10 minute leg workout and be done because half the time i don't even have 20 minutes together anyway because my children but so that's been a good one And then I've been doing a Couch to 5K program. If you've been listening for a little bit, you probably heard me say that I was a runner. I am not in great shape. I mean, like, it's really hard to go from running a marathon to not being able to run a mile. Yeah. (laughs) But that's just, like I said, like, you you just have to learn to be where you are. Um, So I've been doing a Couch to 5K on an app that I found. I think it's just called Running. I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, it's called Running. Okay. Smart name. Yeah. And that's been nice too, because it has like a coach that the voice helps you pipes into the music and tells you when to start and stop and run faster. Yeah. I'm going to have to do something like that, but I'm going to hold off till the spring because don't push it. Yeah. I'm not running in the snow right now. If I slip and hit my head, that wouldn't be good. Yeah. I don't think you need anything else to deal with. I've been (laughs) all about about like gentle exercise. So getting into yoga, we used to be able to go to yoga class and we can't anymore. But Boho Beautiful on YouTube is a pretty cool channel. At first, I was very jealous of her because she's like in front of the Himalayan mountains doing yoga or she's (laughs) in Vancouver or she's somewhere Caribbean. 
But yeah. then now that I know I can't travel, I might as well be watching her. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. You got to live vicariously, right? right? And it is. It's yeah. very soothing. Like when she's laying in front of a lake and you can just see the waves in the mm. background and it's free and that it's sounds nice. lovely. Yeah, I like oh, it. Oh, it's also nice that it's free. That doesn't hurt. Yeah. Anything on YouTube. There's lots of stuff on there. Yeah. And then the under, other end of the spectrum is like food because we are both foodies so any food obsessions that are recent or a result of you know your quarantine time well i definitely have to say brain injuries love comfort food (laughs) all summer (laughs) it was all about your sourdough amazing (laughs) which was my my quarantine indulgence right like making toast out of that doing uh, avocado toast but lately mm-hmm. I've been realizing I'm not working out as much. Pounds are packing on. So I've been trying to do healthy meal preps on Sundays. And then I have that nice. for lunch all week. And I've been obsessed with doing different bowls. So like tikka masala mm. is actually super easy to make. I had no idea. It is. It's like mm. tomatoes and coconut milk. And there's not much. It's really not much to it and a bunch of seasonings. Or I'll do like Thai coconut soup. So it'll be like a spicy. Yum. Oh, it's so good. Or like Thai noodle bowls with a lot of veggies. I've really been experimenting using beans because on Mm. Sunday after we're done doing podcasts is when I'm then going to cook and I'm not about to start baking a bunch of chicken and all that crap. So (laughs) I'm just, you know, chickpeas have been awesome. They're a great protein source. Throwing it into pretty much everything is delicious. Where are you at? I know you love food. You'll give me ideas. My quarantine time literally was spent making sourdough. And there's a joke in my family now that like the state of my sourdough is basically a direct reflection of the state of my mind. (laughs) So if it like comes out flat, I'm just cranky. If it doesn't rise, I'm cranky. But if it rises perfectly like it did this morning, I'm like, I am a domestic goddess. Um, <laughs> and you are. <laughs> so I, I like now that I've started the sourdough thing, I can't cut it out. I cannot live without sourdough. And we've actually stopped buying bread at the store because we just use sourdough. But so, so that became an obsession. And then I learned to make pasta over quarantine, which is another thing where I'm like, if it's really not that hard to make, it's a little bit labor intensive, but like it's so much better than pasta from the grocery store unless Mm. your grocery store is amazing and is making their own pasta so that's been a wonderful thing but i definitely when i was pregnant i was diagnosed with gestational diabetes so i had to change my diet significantly and then when my daughter was born and i was in the clear of diabetes I definitely had like a binge time where I was like, I'm going to eat everything, everything that I could not have. (laughs) And so when I gave birth to my daughter, I was literally within two weeks was back to my pre-pregnancy weight because gestational diabetes, like the diet I had to keep kept me, you know, like reeled in. Mm -hmm. And then my quarantine pounds got packed on after that <laughs> when I was like I need to make up for all the time that I missed I you know like I need some ice cream I need you know mm-hmm. so lately I've been trying to do better about not necessarily like limiting calories I'm breastfeeding but I'm I've been trying to do better about eating more color in my diet so I've yeah. like added like most mornings I eat two eggs scrambled but now I add chopped kale in easy Or, you know, like I've just been trying to focus more on vegetables than I ever have because I do love me the meat. And yeah, I know. (laughs) Getting the color on the plate is so important. Yeah. So I've been trying to be more mindful of what I'm snacking on, especially because that's when I tend to. I know the carbs go down so easy with a snack. Yeah. 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 My life is basically carb loading. I need to (laughs) take it easy. (laughs) So, yeah. But I like, I don't know. I've never been the kind of person. I don't like dieting. Me neither. I like having like a well-rounded diet and I'm, I don't, I like my weight. I like my body. I'm fine with it, but I I do want to be healthier. And actually brain food, that book I was talking about kind of like helped with that shift in perspective a little bit too. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. almost Christmas time. And by the time this show comes out, it'll be a couple days after. Mm-hmm. Anything you've been binging? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not always days, a holiday person. Ah. Uh, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I like the holidays, but like 
the Christmas movies. My office makes fun of me because like I don't allow Christmas music to be played in the office until like the week before Christmas because I just get sick of holiday music so fast. <laughs> but 2020 has been different. Like the day after Thanksgiving, I put our wreaths. No, actually the day before Thanksgiving, I put our wreaths out because I was like, I just need something happy going on. Yep, um, the joy of it. Yeah, and also my son is old enough now to like be paying attention. Like he's four and a half, so he's he understands the santa thing and he's so i feel like we're getting a little closer to being able to share some more holiday movies with him that said we have not watched any yet Uh, my favorite holiday movie is it's a wonderful life and i i do love i watch it every year and i cry every time Mm -hmm. (laughs) such such a good movie it makes me so happy and actually we decorated our christmas tree this morning and my son put a bell on the Tree, and I couldn't help but tell him that every time a bell rings, an angel angel gets its wings. I love Mm -hmm. that. What about you? I am very traditional. I am Home Alone (laughs) all the way. As soon as Thanksgiving (laughs) dinner was done, we were watching Home Alone because both Troy and I love. I did not know this about you. Oh, I love that movie. (laughs) That to me is Christmas. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Yes. Little known fact: I have never watched Home Alone all the way through. You have never disappointed me before. And now I feel very disappointed. Home Alone is going to break us. Oh, you got to watch it. I don't know. I have a, here's the thing. When it comes to humor, I know. I think you know this about me. Yes. I have, I get secondhand embarrassment. So like if some, like I can't watch any, most things with Ben Stiller. Like I can't watch things where like somebody gets hurt in a stupid way because I just automatically feel embarrassed as hell for that person like i something about mary i can't watch that one it makes me squirm so hard Uh, (laughs) that's unfortunate home alone falls into that category i think okay well one that you could do a lesser known one and probably a lot of people are going to think i'm silly for this but i love a muppet christmas carol (laughs) okay that i could handle i love the muppets gonzo i love the muppets and rizzo in that their little commentary (laughs) through the whole thing makes me giggle (laughs) And I'm like falling off my seat laughing because they are hilarious. So, okay, I, I that I can commit okay. to Home Alone. I'm not sure. Maybe work on me for another year. All right, get your four year old <laughs> watching a Muppet Christmas Carol, and life will be okay. We can be friends again. Yeah, I know so many <laughs> '90s kids are probably disappointed with me right I now. Know. Home Alone thing, but what about Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase? Never seen it. What? I know. I, I don't know. I know. I'm weird about I know movies. your humor's different, but uh, <laughs> that one I love. <laughs> I'm I'm weird. I, I was don't know. just starting to feel like the couple next door because Troy and I are kind of bah humbug when it comes to Christmas. Because <laughs> I mean, we're not doing presents for each other. Like, what's the point? Let's save our money. Let's go somewhere. Yeah. Let's you know invest it in food or something. But, I'm fine um, with that as long yeah. as you take us with you. Okay. <laughs> Someday, yeah. wherever we're allowed to yeah. travel again. Uh. We will 2021. Yeah, it's coming. But yeah, so, I mean, I think that brings to brings us to a very nice like what happens in 2021 and staying positive. And, you know, like I think we're all watching and waiting to see what happens. The UK is already starting to administer vaccines for COVID. And I think the US is going to start soon. And gosh, I hope that there is an end to this sooner than we all think. But I think, you know, yeah, we're buckling. We in still have some time. Yeah, yeah. So, I hope we haven't sufficiently bored everyone that's listening to this. But hopefully, either either people think we're (laughs) really bizarre and might never listen again, or we've shown you our personality, and hopefully, you appreciate our weirdness. But right, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) All right, friends. Well, a happy holiday and new year to all. And happy and 2021. All <laughs> yeah. Come back and May enjoy 2021 us. bring joy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, thank you all so much again for the love and support that's come out of the launch of this podcast this year. If you want to check us out on social, we are at Making Headway Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. You can visit our website, makingheadwaypodcast.com. Erin and I now have our own making headway instagram handles so if you want a little bit more personality from us you're welcome to check us out and please don't hesitate to reach out with your stories again they've brought us so much joy so thank you thank you guys happy new year happy new year we'll talk to you in 2021
Thanks for joining us on the Making Headway Podcast. For more information and show notes, visit makingheadwaypodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a review. Check us out at Making Headway Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and share with your friends. Catch you next time. All topics are intended to be used for educational and entertainment purposes only. The podcast is not to be used as a substitute for medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare provider for any issues or treatment considerations you may have. For our full legal terms, please see our website at makingheadwaypodcast.com. This podcast was recorded, mixed, and mastered with love at Stout Heart Studios. Sun rises across the ocean.